We are continuing the series that we began just uh, a couple weeks ago on that age-old story on, uh, of David and Goliath, right? And I think it, even if a person is unchurched, uh, they, they typically know the story of David and Goliath. And uh, that is actually found in 2 Samuel chapter 17. And so what we've been doing, and Lord willing, we will continue to do for the next couple of weeks, is we are trying to uh, uh, pull some life lessons out of this entire story that pretty much takes up the entire chapter. And uh, we, we've talked about uh, God being greater than our giant. Can you say amen to that? That's very, very important. So we, we've covered a lot, of, a lot of ground. Today, I want to deal with maybe a different take on this story that maybe you might be expecting this morning. Uh, I would like to deal with a different kind of giant that many of us have a difficult time conquering, slaying, or defeating. Uh, I've simply titled today's message, Voices. Voices. And how many of you know that... uh, (laughs) How many of you know that whenever you're facing a giant, there will be no shortage of voices that you will hear in the midst of that battle? I should say that again. When you face a giant, there will be no shortage of voices that you will hear, opinions that you will hear when you're trying to defeat the giant that you are up against. I want to talk about those today. And I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to be all over this chapter today. So you're going to want to keep your Bibles open. I will have all my scriptures on the screen for you so you can follow along, but I'm going to start in verse 45. So if you're able to, would you be willing to stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this? And we'll start in verse 45 and we'll go to verse 47. This is actually after David dealt with all the voices that he had to deal with to conquer Goliath. Here's what David said right before he slung the stone. He says this, Uh, The Bible says this, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I love how David talks trash. This is the best. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would help us today. Because some of us, Lord, are facing different situations and giants and crises in our lives. And God, we've had to navigate some of the things that people are telling us and things that people have said to us. And, and, 
It's been difficult to get to that point of victory. So Lord, I pray that today would be a day of freedom so that we could finally, we could finally stand up to that giant that's in front of us. So God, we give you this moment and we pray that you would do great things. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. So David makes this statement that we just read, and he is serious. And he says, Goliath, you might come at me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today you're going, now I'm paraphrasing, today you're going down, and your friends are going down, and you're going to be bird food by the time we're done, and everyone's going to know that there's a God in Israel. And all that is fantastic. But, but, David had, I believe, had to deal with, with some voices. I'm not talking about having a, uh, a psychotic episode where you're hearing voices or anything like that. Now, if that's you, there is freedom for you, okay? But, but that's not what I'm dealing with here today, okay? In fact, that's probably above my pay grade other than my being able to pray with you. Uh, I want to talk about people that actually said things to David, which could have kept him from victory over Goliath. See, I don't know what your Goliath is today. It might be a health issue. It might be a financial issue. It might be your job situation. It might be a home issue. It might be uh, an emotional issue. I mean, it, it could be so many things. And, and those things might seem gigantic. Let's remind ourselves, a couple of weeks ago, we uncovered the fact that Goliath was nine foot nine a gigantic individual. And your situation might seem gigantic as well. So it's one thing to have to face a giant, but it's another thing to deal with some of the voices that come along that will try to keep us from even experiencing victory in the first place. And today I want to identify some of those voices because perhaps maybe some of you have dealt with one or two are all of these voices that I'm about to uncover. Let me show you what they are. You ready? How many think this might be able to help you today? Three, good. Okay, here we go. Number one is the voice of the discourager. The discourager. The critic. The judgmental person. David was confronted by a person who very well could have discouraged him. And to make matters worse, it was his own brother. Let's read about it. Look at verse 26. I've got it on the screen again, but look on your copy of God's Word as well. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living? And they repent what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Let's pause here. They're basically telling David, hey, you'll be exempt from taxes from Saul. You get to marry his daughter. A lot of perks. Problem is, you got to kill a nine foot nine war machine, okay? So he's hearing all this. Then big brother steps in. Look at verse 28. Then Eliab, 
David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the men, and he burned with anger at him. And he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? See what he did there? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? And he turned away to someone else, and he brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. Okay. Uh, We don't always hear this part of the story of David and Goliath, right? But, huh. David gets some serious criticism from somebody who was very close to him. In fact, it, it, was, it was pretty mean-spirited. It was harsh. I mean, Big Brother says, are you kidding me? Why are you even here? And who'd you leave those few sheep that you watch? Basically minimizing what he does anyway, right? You're conceited, little brother. Who do you think you are? You just came. In fact, Dad brought you to bring bread and cheese. Dad sent you to bring cheese pizza to us and to the other brothers. So what's a pizza delivery guy, part-time shepherd doing here in a war zone? Who do you think you are? Wow. We, we honestly, a lot of us don't uncover this part because we just want to go to the sling and the stone. But I will tell you that David maybe never would have picked up a stone from the creek side had he listened to his brother. Some of us, we have been mentally and emotionally tormented by the voice of someone who greatly discouraged us, somebody who was very critical of us, somebody who was very harsh with us. They made fun of us. And, and by the way, Eliab wasn't having a private conversation here. Okay? He's making sure everybody else hears. So David is feeling judged. David is probably feeling picked on. David is embarrassed. David has been belittled. And some of us, when we can point back to a time that we've been belittled, a time that we've been embarrassed, a time that somebody was so harsh with us, a time that somebody criticized, it changed us. And we have allowed that moment of discouragement to keep us from slaying our giants. See, for many of us, the voice of our biggest critic is the loudest one that we have to contend with. For you, it might have been a family member, like David. For you, it might have been a coach, a teacher, an instructor, a friend, God forbid, a pastor. Might have been another Christian. It could be somebody. And, and here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal. The closer this person is to you, relationship-wise, the harsher the criticism is to you, the more bite it has against you. See, if, if, if some total stranger, okay, 
says, your preaching stinks. I'm like, whatever. Go watch, go watch someone online then. You know? But if one of you comes up to me after service, wow, that stunk. And don't ever do that, okay? <laughs> do it the Christian way. Write an anonymous note. Uh, I'm kidding. That's not the way to handle it. Okay, that would hurt. That would hurt. Why? Why? See, because the, 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 the greater our expectation, like the total stranger, I have no expectations. They don't even know me. So if they're going to comment about my looks or the way I preach or what I do or whatever, it's like, okay, you know, relax, relax. But, but if it's somebody who's way up here in my life and they say that, okay, now that hurts a little bit. In fact, it hurts a lot. And some of us have been harmed verbally by the voice of somebody that we held way up here. And that has limited us in defeating the giants that God wants us to defeat. I'm not challenging you to be apathetic about people's opinions. I'm really not. But at the same time, I'm telling you to be apathetic about people's opinions. I thought that'd get a better rise out of y'all when I just <laughs> contradicted myself. Don't govern your life worried about what other people think. Okay, don't. Because someone's always going to have an opinion. Okay? Govern your life by what God thinks of you. And again, it's not like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I don't care. No. But don't let your life be governed by what somebody else thinks of you. Folks, when I got over that in high school, because I was governed by that all through my adolescent years, and at the age of 16, it was like a switch went off. And I realized, you know what? If they don't like me, they've got the problem. Because I'm adorable. <laughs> I'm so glad this group has a sense of humor. But they're the ones with the issues, not me. I mean, I could always work at improving myself, but, 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 but my life will not be governed by my harshest critic because they're out there. And if that is enough for you to be derailed spiritually, then I promise you Eliab is going to be there again. That person's going to be there again. That person who has the opinion is going to continue to say that and do that over and over until you, until you refuse to let it defeat you. That's the first voice. The second voice is not only the discourager, but number two is the doubter. The, the doubter. So David hears about this whole thing. It's like, okay, someone's got to defeat this giant. These soldiers are afraid to do so. So, Mr. Part-Time Domino's Pizza, Part-Time Shepherd, goes to the king says, I'll do it. Your majesty, I am willing to fight this war machine for the people of God. And look at Saul's wonderful response. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. 
Thanks, King. You're only a young man. He's been a warrior from his youth. In other words, the king held nothing back in expressing his doubts to David. The king, in a time where David least needed negativity, gave David negativity. He might have thought it was a reality check, but it was negativity because God had a plan. Negative people, the doubters, people that think you're not up to the task, people who think that you can't accomplish something, you can't defeat this giant. This giant's too big. This, this person who's intimidating you, they're way too intimidating for you. You can't handle this. This situation, you're probably not going to get through it. Folks, I've talked to other pastors. Now, I've been here 21 years almost now. So I've talked to other pastors at times where things were, you know, a little discouraging at times. We get there. We have our moments. Not always. But I've talked to other pastors, and they're, and they're like, uh... Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Thanks. In fact, I, I remember I talked to one close friend who was in the ministry, and, and I, I, I said, yeah, God is really moving. God's, our church is growing. And no kidding, his response to me, fellow pastor, good friend, his word to me was, well, that'll wear off, and you'll probably go back down to this number. <laughs> Thank you. Where's that knife? Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> negative people. I want to make this statement. Other people may not believe in you, but God does. In fact, let me tell you, God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. He believes in you. He, we learned this in our, in our Wednesday night class recently. He is our source of everything. He's our source of strength. He's our source of safety. He's our source of wisdom. All we have to do is be available to him. So when he is leading us to do something for him, we don't want to surround ourselves with negative people. Let me go further. When we are facing a giant in our lives... The last thing you need to do is surround yourself with negative people. Okay, if I'm discouraged in ministry, for example, again, doesn't happen a lot, but if I ever am, I promise you, I love that friend I was talking about earlier, I'm not calling him. Because <laughs> he's negative. And often the goal of a negative person is to try to make you as miserable as they are. And it's interesting because negativity attracts negativity. And before long, you've got a bunch of negative people, and they are positive about their negativity. <laughs> See what I did there? That was awesome. <laughs> 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 
But seriously, you're facing your giant. You need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to surround yourself with the right people. And I'm not saying that people have to lie to you. Oh, you're wonderful. Oh, you're, you know, it's, don't, don't surround yourself with people that are just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. Okay? Because that's easy to do. But your truest friend will be real with you. And the people that you need the most when it's time to face the giant are the people that will be real with you. But they'll walk with you as well. But there will always be doubters. And because somebody once told you, I don't think you're going to get through this, or you're not up to the task, or you can't do this, you, and, and, and you believed it. And that has kept you from defeating your giant. The Lord would say that maybe it's time to look to the right people to get the right opinions about where you're at. Number three, the third voice is also King Saul's. Because King Saul changes from the doubter to what I call the disruptor. (laughs) This is so good. Because this happens so many times. Uh, So he just tells David, oh, no, 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 no. You're just a kid. You can't do this. And let's pick up right where that story left off, okay? Look at verse 38. He says, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said, Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Stop there. Now that's awesome. All right. God's been with you. Go. Yeah. Woo! In fact, David, not only do I want you to go and get this done, but I got something else for you. Look at the next verse. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, and he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them, so he took them off. Oh, boy. You know what the disruptor does? The disruptor says, oh, all right, you slay that giant, and you do it my way. Go get him. Now, let's back up. King Saul, if you read about King Saul when he was first named the king, okay, King Saul was actually a very tall man. Uh, he, he was pretty big in stature. And he's talking to an average-looking young person. And this big guy, let's, let's say he's 6'4", okay? This 6'4 guy says, here, here's my helmet. Here's this. Go get him. And David's like, I don't think I can do this. And the thing is, there will always be someone ready to tell you to defeat your giant 
their way. And their way may not be your way. I worked at an office, uh, a school office that was connected to our church when I was a youth pastor. And we had a lady in the office that was going through some marriage problems. And she was at a pretty vulnerable time in her life. Remember when I said about uh, surrounding yourself with the right people? She surrounded herself with the wrong people. One lady in particular, I honestly, I guess she worked at the school. I had never seen her before. But she was popping in and telling this lady how awful her husband was and how she should leave her husband. Basically what she was doing, okay, she wanted to tell uh, the lady who was struggling, she wanted to tell her to do the same thing that she did so that she would feel better about the poor decisions that she made. And, And here's the thing. I saw her. She had the genuine face like, I am there for you. So it came off. It didn't come off like she was trying to shipwreck anybody. In fact, I will tell you, she wasn't. You know, Saul wasn't trying to set David up to fail. Saul just wanted David to do things his way instead of the way that God was leading him. And see, here's the deal. Somebody might go on a 40-day fast to see their giant slayed. That doesn't mean you need to. Somebody just got the shakes, okay, because you've been on a 40-minute fast and, and it's starting to really affect you right now, okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, when's he done? But, and, and again, that may not be God's direction for you. So this is when you've got to know what God has to say to you. You've got to surround yourself with the right people. Because the wrong people will not only be negative, but they'll also tell you to do things that maybe aren't for you to do in the first place. And you would think a king would know better. And you would think that a person who's been a Christian longer than you would know better. And you'd think that a pastor would know better. But maybe these people in your life have gotten it wrong. And you've tried to do things their way because you haven't taken the time to hear from God as to how you should do it. And maybe, maybe you just need to shut out the other people and take your advice from God. When it's giant slaying time, you have to be careful who you get advice from. Christian, I'm talking to you. And it may be another Christian. That doesn't make it right. I'll say that again. It might be another Christian. That doesn't make it right. I've heard some whacked out stuff from Christians. (laughs) I have. I'm like, (laughs) you ever read this? What's God's word say? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I'm, I'm going to give you the final voice. The voice of the disaster itself. Goliath had something to say. Remember our opening text? 
This was David's response to what Goliath had to say here, starting in verse 41. Let's read this. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. Yikes. Okay, it's bad enough that he's a nine foot nine war machine, pretty intimidating, but now, I mean, he is saying some things that are pretty scary. And, and just to give you some context here, when armies would be at a face-off like this, they would usually have one guy say his thing before the fight, and then they'd have another guy say his thing about the fight. So they kind of give these speeches, these trash-talking speeches. It's like, oh, you're, you want some of this? Your mama. You know, that's in the message Bible. Look it up. This sermon wasn't supposed to be that funny, but here we go. So you got these guys and they're talking smack. And and see, here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? Your enemy will always try to have a louder voice than your God. your enemy will always try to have a louder voice than your God. Always. Now, Goliath was the enemy here. And we know what happened there. But I want to remind you that you have also a very real enemy. But your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is not a political party. Your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not a person. Your enemy, your enemy, the one who hates your soul, is Satan, the devil. And again, those of you who know me know that I'm not a demon under every rock kind of guy. But at the same time, I will tell you that the enemy is very real. But it's important to understand this. When your enemy is standing before you and he is shouting at you, you need to understand there's a particular language that he uses all the time. The language of lies. Look what Jesus had to say about the devil in John chapter 8. He said, The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Let me say that again. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. These are the words of Jesus. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So here's the deal. When the voice of my enemy begins to talk, when the devil puts these thoughts in my mind, I need to understand that his native language for me is never, never the truth. It is always a lie. Always a lie. So when it contradicts what God's word says, guess who the source of that is? It's the devil. It's your enemy. (laughs) 
I had a therapist tell me one time, uh, he, he said, we need to learn, I'll never forget this, and he, and he shared this with so many people, we need to learn to inhale the truth and exhale the lies. Some of us, we've been believing the lies too long. Some of us, we've believed the devil's threats for too long. We have believed the things that the enemy has put in our heads that contradict what God's word has to say. He'll never forgive you. What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness as far as the east is from the west. He has separated you from your sin. Well, he won't meet your needs. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Well, he won't protect you. My God is a very present help in times of trouble. I know that that's not true, devil, and now you're going down because I have a sword of my own, and that is the word of God, and that is what will defeat the enemy. It's the truth, the truth of God's word will defeat the disaster. That's what slays the giant, the truth of the word of God. Stop believing the lies. Start believing the truth. What did Jesus say about that? Same chapter, he said to the Jew, it says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's Bible. That's Bible. Some of us, we believe the lies. It's kept us from slaying the giant. We've been so fearful because we believe the giant. We believe the enemy. We believe the lies. What's God have to say about this? Jonathan, if you could help me. David, I'm talking to you today. There stands before you a giant, for some of you, that might seem insurmountable. It may seem intimidating. And it's bad enough that you've got to deal with that giant. But now you've got all these other voices. <laughs> you've had people discouraging you, harshly criticizing you. They've hurt you. You've had people that have doubted you for so long. You won't make it. You've, <laughs> they'll bring up your past. You've messed up so many times, there's no way you're going to win now. You've had people that, that have tried to, out of the goodness of their heart, they've tried to tell you what to do, but it just, it's not working. You tend to listen to a preacher on TV or a friend or, or, or somebody else without really just talking to God. What's God have to say? Or could it be that you've believed too many of the devil's lies and now today is the day to start obeying God and believing the truth? Because freedom comes when we know the truth, because the truth sets us free. 
I will tell you that David had to slay the giant of other people's voices before he had to slay Goliath. And some of you, before you slay that giant in front of you, you need to slay the giant of people's opinion, of people's words, of what folks have said. It's time to defeat that. And then, go pick up your stone. Go get your sling. And get ready. Because that giant's going to go down. That giant's going to go down. Because no longer will you be held back from the battlefield because of what somebody said. What somebody, quote, prophesied over you. What, what somebody uh, interfered with in your life. No. This battle is the Lord's. I will do things his way and I will rely on him and I will trust him and I will trust his word. Can we say amen? Stand with me, would you please? I want to give you a chance now. I want to give you a chance to respond to what God has to say, what he has said today through his word. And maybe you just need to pray an honest prayer. Say, Lord, Lord, it was in junior high when that teacher said that and I never forgot it. And that has hindered me all of my life. It's time to let that go. Because what's important is what God has to say. Lord, I believe the lies. God, I need truth. Let God fill you with his truth. Maybe you just need to open up God's word and read the Psalms. Read the promises of God's word for you. What, do, what does God have to say about this? And, and, and maybe for you, if you would just do that, that giant's gone down. So I want to pray for you and, and I want to give you a chance to find a place of prayer and just talk to the Lord. Maybe you want to come to this front area and kneel and pray. Maybe you want to sit at your chair and pray. However you want to do that, we're going to make this a place of prayer. And I just want us to seek God today and say, Lord, help me to slay the giant of other people's voices. And let's see what God does. Amen? When you're done with God and he's done with you, you're free to fellowship in the lobby. God bless. But let's pray right now. Jesus. I'm asking you right now that you would meet with your people. And Jesus, I pray that we would overcome the voices that could hold us back from defeating our giants, from experiencing victory. God, I pray that we would refuse to let someone else's opinion, someone's criticism, we refuse, God, to let that stop us from slaying our giants. God, we refuse to believe the lies that the devil has told us. We believe the truth. We believe the truth. So meet with your people. And I'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. amen. If you need to pray, feel free to find a place right now to pray. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless.